Welcome, Jan. Really great to have you here. So let's start the conversation. We've got Jan Pullbauer, the CEO of Banks of Africa, with us today. So, so Jan, let's start. Welcome to Africa. So let's talk a little bit what got you here. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Chantal. Uh, well, it was five years ago, so uh, many things have evolved. But, uh, you know, um, there were probably two dimensions um, to the decision to take the family and move uh, literally across the world from Canada to South Africa. One was personal uh, because both my boys, they... Uh, they were born in Canada, they lived in Canada, and I think Canada is probably one of the easiest countries to live in. But unless you experience something else, uh, maybe you don't fully appreciate it. So I wanted my boys to see also other parts of the world. And more importantly, you know, when you choose uh, such a niche topic like payments or national payment systems, uh, you usually have to change location because there is usually only one national payment system in every country. And uh, South Africa was always close to my heart because uh, some of the payments uh, innovation came from South Africa. And uh, I also believe that uh, by improving the national payment system here, you can make a big difference for people living in South Africa and the rest of Africa. So that was the, that was the professional dimension to it. Well, you've really made an impact. If I just sit and reflect on the journey that we've had with you as Banks of Africa and the industry, it's really been a very exciting journey. I know our journey started with you in 2019. There was a study tour and everyone got together. There's been an industry case for change. And you've really made an impact and made an impact in different ways. Um, and I think it's important to reflect on that. So maybe if you could share that with us a little bit. So what was some of the highlights that you can think of? Yeah, well, certainly the study tour, which was kind of in the first few months of me landing in South Africa, still, I think, being without the family here. But taking uh, the senior executives from uh, quite a few financial institutions and non-banks as well and showing them in other parts of the world what payments can look like if we apply our mind, uh, that was quite amazing because I think it created uh, kind of um, a joint purpose uh, that everybody started working towards. So that's something I really appreciated. And the second thing, which I think worked really well, even before the study tour, if you remember, we actually built a prototype of a modern payment system today known as PayShop. But back then it wasn't PayShop. We call it Zap or something. And uh, we built it. We built even, you know, fake uh, mobile apps. And we were bringing different people from banks and non-banks and regulators. And they were all sending money from one and two another scanning QR codes, it created kind of this tangible approach to something which is very non-tangible, that people could feel it. And I think combined with the study tour, it's something which set a solid foundation, which we had to build on even during um, the more difficult times, right? Trying to work throughout COVID and the national pand the, the, the global pandemic and stuff. That wasn't, that wasn't easy, but we had a solid foundation, which, uh, which was great. No, you raised some very interesting points there. And I think banks have, have played a critical role in this. And if you think on that, it's very different to global examples because global examples, it's really driven from a national perspective, from a government or a regulatory perspective. So Banksev has played quite a critical role here, doing things very, very differently. It must have been quite difficult because it wasn't traditional. So 
if you can share some insights, what made it easier or what were the challenges that you had to overcome? Yeah, raising a good point. I, I don't see it as a Bank South Africa initiative because it was really the entire community which made it happen. But you're right, we had to push uh, at the beginning quite a bit. And we were also coming from an from an environment where Bank South Africa wasn't trusted necessarily to do this big thing. So from early days when uh, when I joined Bank South Africa, it was clear in order to you know get the banks excited, but also to get their buy-in, we needed some support. So one thing we did was uh, we started talking to the market who could actually support us as a kind of the industry program manager. And of course, PwC um, won uh, won the initial RFP, and that started a long journey uh, of of a partnership between the two organizations. But we needed some somebody to kind of bring also credibility, make sure that we can uh, bring uh, the different stakeholders together. We can somehow try to keep them moving in the same direction, more or less the same speed. So when the time comes to actually launch something for people and businesses in South Africa, we are all all there. So it wasn't it wasn't trivial because as a company, I think we had to earn a little bit of that uh, trust and uh, show that we we are a different company now. We have some capability and some skills, but uh, we just brought a small piece into the puzzle. You know, there were many other players who made it really happen. Now you talk about a very important. Uh, topic, trust and collaboration. And I think those were the critical aspects. If I personally reflect on the journey, I think those are the things that really, really stand out. Especially if I think of where South Africa is, there's always a good story you're looking for to build that hope that builds this national pride. And and this is something that really reflected or I reflect on. And it's important to, to note that that is something in the South African culture that when times are tough, people come together. And I really saw that. You talk about the parties, they all made a difference from the regulator, from the Saab, the role that they played, their support on this, and the banks, participants, everyone really contributed towards the design and the actual implementation. So it's a really positive story. And it got us to where we are today and the actual launch, which is super exciting. So tell us a little bit about getting to this massive milestone. <laughs> um, before I do that, let me maybe reflect also, you mentioned, um, you know, the the banks coming together, building the trust. That's something which really stood out for me because I've had experience working with different banks, you know, in Europe, in Canada, in the US. But in South Africa, it felt different. Uh, and maybe it's, you know, the past you were talking about that South Africans can come together for a bigger purpose. Um, and that's something which I saw actually materializing, that we created this noble thing we all wanted to work towards. And people say that sometimes competitors, you know, they can collaborate, but it's not that easy. And in many other jurisdictions, uh, it wasn't easy to, uh, you know, bring competitors together to do something uh, in the greater interest of uh, of the nation. Here it was easier. I think everybody, and maybe it was against the study, again, the study tour or people getting excited, but people started from day one talking about we are doing this for South Africa. Yes, it has to make commercial sense because banks are commercial companies, but everybody really started putting kind of the broader 
picture together and they were all working towards uh, this bigger goal than one institution and one individual. So we really created a community which I think we can be proud of and I haven't seen it actually happening uh, anywhere else to this um, to this extent. Now launch, yes. So uh, you you know that we started uh, calling it Rapid Payments Program. The idea was that it wouldn't be only about rapid payments, but also about a rapid program. So I think the original idea was that we would be probably a year earlier <laughs> in the market. It was, it was. Um, but um, nevertheless, on journey like that, you learn that you don't know a lot of things and you have to figure them out as you as you progress. So when you start talking about real-time instant payments, everybody gets excited. But when you start actually designing and building, you realize that it's putting a lot of pressure on some of the existing processes or technologies, uh, the different financial institutions, or even ourselves in the center have in place. So you learn, okay, we need to look at fraud and risk management a little bit differently because today it takes long time for a payment to go through. Tomorrow, when PayShop is here, or today, when PayShop is here now, it takes 10 seconds. So you don't have that much time to think if payment is genuine or if it's a fraudulent thing which you should block. So as we almost like turned every single stone on this journey, we always learned that there is something we need to uh, we need to learn, we need to change, we need to do differently. So that's probably why it took a little bit longer. But again, in the global context, when you look, when we really started having these discussions towards the end of 2018, kicking off the project, you know, throughout 2019, three, four years, it's not it's not bad to um, to get to March 13 when we launch PayShop with the four banks to the market. So, uh, yeah, it has been a journey, though. It has. It has. And if I sit and think about the stakeholders that needed to be taken on the journey, the amount of sessions we had to have. And you also reflected on the pandemic. I remember when we had a lot of the sessions in person, um, designing and co-creating, and then all of a sudden we had to do it virtually. We also had to navigate how you do that virtually. Luckily, we had a lot of the tools at our disposal, so we did that. But I think that that robust process underneath it, where everyone was consulted and included, actually facilitated the process for us and that people were kept on the journey is what kept us along. And I think that contributed towards that success. Yes, it did take a little bit longer, (laughs) but the fact that you keep the people on the journey and we get them to launch helped. Yes, there are four banks that went into launch, but the others are close on their heels, which is also super exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, also I think the fact that we built some face-to-face personal relationships before we had to do most of the work remotely helped a lot, right? Don't underestimate it would be probably hard to do everything in the remote settings, but because we had a solid foundation I I was talking about before, I think it helped us to actually not lose momentum because we really didn't lose uh, that much momentum when the pandemic hit and everything got shut down, everybody transitioned to Mm -hmm. work from home. We continued finishing the, the key RFP decisions and all of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think because we knew each other and we were still working towards this common goal, it was uh, it was something which uh, carried us over, I think. You know? mm. 
And if I ask a lot of people that have been on the journey what is rewarding, a lot of them say what you were reflecting earlier on, they've made lifelong friends because of those personal connections, the fact that there were robust discussions about design choices and different I, I learned in South Africa that robust discussions, that's a euphemism for fighting. So yes, we had a lot of uh, robust discussions on some of the topics, but... Uh, at the end, we agreed we <laughs> to, agreed. We <laughs> to agreed. disagree sometimes and move forward. But uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, we was. had robust discussions. It was. Yeah. So what was the most rewarding thing for you if you have to reflect on the journey? You know, um, it was probably the launch day. <laughs> Seeing something which was theoretical, you know, we spent hours, days debating so many things, right? Should it be a common brand? Should it be every financial institution having their own flavor of the brand? Uh, but being there on March 13th um, and seeing that PayShop is real, uh, that it's actually something people and businesses in South Africa can use, that was extremely, extremely rewarding for me. Uh, you know, bringing it to the finish line, um, something which once was a dream and now it's actually a reality or a beginning of another still probably quite a long journey that was that was excellent and having uh, all the people who have been on the journey for with us for most of the time you know from from the banks but also from the regulators right Paza has been really supportive on the journey since since the beginning uh, SARP the South African Reserve Bank uh, as well and uh, even though, you know, we are not Europe, we don't push things through directives. We try to build things which make sense commercially and otherwise. Having the strong support from the regulators and making sure that they keep us honest um, and seeing everyone there at the end of the this first, uh, first you know, lap of this journey, it was, it was great. It was mm -hmm. great. I must say, it is a good feeling. It's also a good feeling when you open up your banking app and you see that icon and you're like... I remember the story of how to go get you. Three you know? times we failed the brand before we actually landed and pay on PayShop. And now, you know, when I see PayShop, I'm like, how were we even thinking about anything else? I know, <laughs> it's so exactly. obvious that it, it must be PayShop. Right? <laughs> but you're right, you're right. So every single thing you now see kind of um, because you have been part of the journey, you remember the struggle or the interesting mm -hmm. discussions, the fun sometimes we had getting exactly. to this final decision, which people may not even know about <laughs> right exactly. ever because they will just use it. They don't know what was the process getting to the point where we are. Today. No, very true. A lot of people, even even my kids are like, it's been four years of your life just for 10 seconds. That's it. <laughs> 10 seconds of <laughs> a payment it. and that's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, it's, it's been worth it. But, but if you sit and think this is actually only the beginning, just launching it, yes, there's a lot of banks still to come because this is about addressing something bigger. And and maybe if you want to reflect on what the bigger picture actually is that we need to address here. So the bigger picture is really to give uh, South Africa and South Africans um, a very different payments experience. Uh, and you remember when we started the journey, we spent quite a bit of time trying to understand how people in South Africa pay today. And it's mostly cash. <laughs> there is uh, there is no surprise in that. Uh, it's actually majority of payments are are in cash. So giving the opportunity that people completely transform their interaction with money, uh, and they you know start taking advantage of some of these digital channels, digitalized economy, which we are all striving to 
to get. Um, that's something which is uh, which is the biggest thing. And now we have PayShop. It's a scheme. It's a brand uh, which hopefully bring will bring this experience. When people see the logo, when they see the name, they will know. Okay, I can send money in ten seconds, and the person who receives it can use it right away. And in order to send it, I just need someone's cell phone number. I don't need to ask for a bank account details. That's that's what it is about, right? Giving people a completely different way uh, transacting and interacting with uh, with money. And the reason for that is if people, you know, keep money in a bank account or in the future, you know, uh, regulated wallets, uh, they will be able to build a better financial future for them. And that's what financial inclusion is ultimately about, in my opinion, you know, creating your credit history. So if you are running a small informal shop, a financial institution can extend credit for you so you can grow the business. If you transact only in cash, nobody will give you a decently, you know, a loan with uh, decent conditions because you are an unknown. Nobody knows your cash flow. Nobody knows anything like that. In the digital space, the financial inclusion, I, I believe, is going to happen like a snowball. You know, you will start living more in the digital space and then other financial services will be coming and will become more available to you. And that's what we want to do for all South Africans, not only the few million who are currently very financially included and leveraging the, the great uh, banking system, which which is currently available. So this sounds super exciting. So for those who are listening and who haven't registered for PayShop yet because the marketing campaigns haven't reached them yet. It's only 50,000 people yet. So we need to get to 50 million. We yeah, still have so, a bit so of we work. still have a target to get to. How would they... <laughs> access PayShop? What do they need to do? So PayShop, and from that perspective, is different than any other, you know, payment system you may have heard for about, you know, deployed by fintechs and some other uh, players. It's not a standalone thing. PayShop is really an experience and you just have to go to your bank. Currently, only four banks are, uh, are you know, live, as we discussed, APSA, FNB, NetBank and Standard Bank. But many more are coming in the, in the coming weeks and we already see the race uh, who is going to be the next, uh, right? Everybody is chasing to uh, offer PayShop to their customers. So you open your app, you look for PayShop, you register your PayShop ID, which is uh, generally your cell phone number. And as soon as you do it, you can start sending money to people and people can start sending money to you, um, to your cell phone. It's up to 3,000, uh, but uh, that's also something which, uh, which uh, the limit will increase uh, over time. So. I am tempted to give my cell phone number on this podcast so that everyone can pay me, but I won't do that. <laughs> but but I do think it is as easy as you are explaining, Jan. No, you should not be sharing uh, <laughs> your phone that. number, but I can give mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think this is something that is super exciting. If you think globally, there's already over 60 deployments of instant payments across the globe. And if you look at India as an example, which is why we did the study tour to see what they've done to address financial inclusion, what it does for economic growth. Because it's like you mentioned earlier, it's not only about the traditional payment methods or traditional banking. It's about the what it does. It does for non-traditional players, the competition that it increases. And I think it's just around creating economic growth. So it is a fantastic initiative from you a country are, perspective. You are right. And, you know, PIX in Brazil and UPI in India are kind of the two poster childs now. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody is saying, hey, look how it can transform a financial system in a country. Um, 
I think PayShub has a, the same potential or even bigger. Uh, of course, it's always a journey, right? So we may need to be a little bit patient because as the you know competition and the forces in the market start bringing new use cases, new customer experience, uh, you will see broader adoption. And that will drive all kinds of other things, even the commercials of the solution and, and all of that stuff. But I think one thing I would like people in South Africa to recognize or maybe be proud of is uh, I mentioned that there were many world's payments first invented in South Africa. Uh, then we started falling a little bit behind. And as you mentioned, you know, there are probably 60 something countries which, uh, which are either live or close to be live with uh, instant payments. I can tell you, we have probably one of the most modern uh, platform and architecture uh, that we have built. And that's something we should be proud of. You know, I don't know of any other national payment system which would be fully hosted in the cloud, which would be fully automated, that nobody does anything, everything is fully automated, scaling, uh, you know, the processing power up when there are more transactions during the busy times of the year, then scaling back when you need a little bit less computing power. Components are built on distributed ledger technology. So all of these things, I think we really have something which mm -hmm. the world will now be looking up to us and say, hey, how did you do it? How did you deploy it in the cloud? Fully API and microservices architecture with some distributed ledger technology. So good job, South Africa. I think we have something to be really proud of now. Definitely. And if I just sit and think of the skills that have been developed in the country, it is phenomenal because payment skills we know globally is in demand, but also the skills that have been developed in this community and we need to pay it forward. We need to continuously grow these skill sets across the country and also enhance it globally. I don't know your thoughts on skills because it was very difficult to learn. There were some challenges with the proxies, with all of that, that we had to face as we progressed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like any other niche skill, payments are not taught uh, at universities and stuff. It's kind of an acquired skill set. When you are interested, you mm -hmm. want to understand how it works. So we need to continue probably some uh, intentional effort to build more uh, payments geeks, payments professionals. Um, the good thing is that the the world is becoming global um, despite the pandemic, but now you can really engage people, subject matter experts from Southeast Asia, from Brazil, learn from them. And you don't have to kind of figure everything yourself, you know, in South Africa or in any other jurisdiction. So from that perspective, I see some hope that we are willing to share. Also between countries, it's not really a competitive space. So uh, the other clearing houses are very happy to share, mm -hmm. you know, their learnings, some of the dead ends they had to go through. And uh, that's something we have been taking advantage of and we, we should continue, we should continue doing. But uh, yeah, people should be more interested in, uh, in paying uh, because it's quite exciting. I, I definitely agree. I'm also biased and I do think there's lots of exciting things happening in this space. If I can also then just reflect on modernization in payments, I think South Africa has done a lot. If you think about debits modernization, mm. if you think about the learnings in DebiCheck, it was really great learnings that we leveraged. And also now from this perspective, from PayShop and credits modernization, I think a lot has happened in this space. So, so what next? What is the next thing that we should be looking out for? <laughs> 
Um, first of all, we cannot lose the ambition. So as I mentioned, you know, we reached the first lap or the first stage, but there is still a lot to do. Uh, I think we can be proud that we built a platform which is future-proofed. Uh, it will be supporting, you know, future national payment system, not only the one of today, but we have probably, we have run a little bit ahead of some of the other aspects of modernization from, uh, from a platform infrastructure perspective we are ahead but now for example some of the regulatory changes will have to actually catch up to start taking a full advantage of the platform we put in place we need to make sure that it's not only about bank accounts it will have to be about mobile wallets and other stores of value that uh, you get the reach to every single south african every single you know informal business uh, which wants to accept uh, digital digital payments um and uh, that's that's something which will still take some time. Changing law is not trivial, uh, but I think it's uh, it's happening now. So we cannot give up on that. The other aspect is the continuous improvement to the functionality of the platform itself. So we launched. Uh, we know that the next step is request to pay. We know we need to enhance some of the other features and functionality. Uh, I have a vision that in the future, it's not only going to be about rent. Uh, people will want to use any value they have right south africans like many other uh nations around the world we all love our loyalty points there may be cbdc issued by uh, reserve bank there are some cryptocurrencies i think future is that we should be able to clear and settle pretty much any any value so i think it's coming our way and uh the platform again is ready for multi-currency multi-tokens but um but uh that's something which will probably take a little bit uh, a little bit of time so yeah, don't uh, don't uh, start falling behind. Continue kind of the the ambition we started and uh, react to the market. You need to be close to the market, see you know what works, what doesn't work, and we'll adjust and um, bring new features. Probably not as quickly as Netflix, you know, when they issue a new <laughs> version of the app every week. That's probably not something we will do in the payments world. But let's not issue new version every five to ten years. Let's do it at least once a year or something. So no, we I'm need to you. we need to change the mindset and be a little bit more agile. No, definitely. And I think there's lots of things that we need to harness and, and take it forward. So exciting topics that I think we must uncover in, in our next podcast. But maybe the last question I want to ask you, Jan, is I've heard you refer to um, this whole experience as definitely living out the whole South African Ubuntu philosophy. So maybe in closing, if you can share why you think that. <laughs> Uh, listen, uh, we discussed the specificities of the South African uh, market and South Africans generally who come together and want to do big things. Um, so for me, you know, the two things I'm taking away from uh, my five years uh, living here in my other home called South Africa is one is uh, Nelson Mandela's, you know, it always seems impossible until it's done. Uh, I think it came from you and that's something I will always remember because it's true right? Everything seems difficult. And if you don't try, you don't know what's possible versus what's not possible. And the other thing is, you know, <laughs> if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. That means a lot, right? That's, uh, that's something which um, was the silver lining throughout the rapid payments program or pay shop journey. And um, I think that's the spirit um, of uh, of Africa, which will stay with which will stay with me forever, hopefully. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful for the experience. 
Well, Jan, thank you for for joining the the podcast, but thank you for being part of this journey. You really made an impact on the market. And if it wasn't for you, this wouldn't have been a rapid payments journey because you kept us motivated. You were the one that disrupted and got us through the tough times, the different thinking and the the foreigner who came in and gave us bright ideas and, and drove us to get to this point. So we all will remember you. You are African as much as we are, and we thank you for this wonderful experience. So, so thank you very much. You are too kind, but thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>